It's what is the feeling that you give people? Like, what is the feeling that people get when they interact with you? That is what a brand is all about. And that's what relationships are all about. That's what reputation is all about. You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, and I'm your host, Robert Glazer. Join me as I talk to world-class performers about how they build their capacity and reach greater heights in leadership, business, and life, and how you can do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from Brian Koslow. There is no advertisement as powerful as a positive reputation traveling fast. Our guest today, Rory Vaden, helps people build and share a positive reputation. He's the co-founder of Brand Builders Group, a firm that helps clients identify their voice, tell their story, and share their unique message. He's also the New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs and is a world-class speaker who has competed in the World Championship of Public Speaking. Rory also has a TEDx talk, How to Multiply Time, which has been viewed over 3 million times. Rory, welcome. Great to have you on the Elevate podcast. Hey, Bob. Good to be here, my friend. Thank you for having me. All right. So with people that are entrepreneurial, I like to start with the uh, nature versus nurture question. So when you when you were a kid, were you always entrepreneurial? Were there some moment in your childhood that made you realize that <laughs> this was destined to be your path? Well, I was raised by a single mom who sold Mary Kay cosmetics. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So we never had money. Like we didn't have money, but my mom was very, she was entrepreneurial. That was like her side job. She had a bunch of jobs. Yeah. You know, it, it basically means that I grew up around women who were teaching me the principles of success and business and entrepreneurship. It, it also means I know more about makeup than I do about cars, which is true. So I, I did kind of grow up around it, even though we were poor, like we didn't have very much money. I grew up in the world of entrepreneurship. What, what are the Mary, that's fascinating. What are the Mary Kay brand like teach you? What'd you learn about brand from that? Well, I think there were so many things that I, I remember from, from that experience. But I mean, Mary Kay had so many things. That, uh, like I, I remember she used to say that the, the secret to employee appreciation is a $5 gift with a $50 bow. That always stuck with me about just, it's not about the gift. It's about how you make people feel when yeah. you give them the gift. I think that's true about customers. I think that's true about employees. I think it's true about your kids. I think it's true about your spouse. It's not about the gift. It's about the presentation of it and how you make them feel. And I think that is a personal brand. Like a personal brand to me, and we talk about this a lot at Brand Builders, is to say people are talking a lot about personal branding now as like this new thing. Yeah. But we consider it the digitization of reputation. Yeah. The digitization of reputation. And it is not just logos in a in a you know like color palette. It's what is the feeling that you give people? Like what is the feeling that people get when they interact with you? That is what a brand is all about. And that's what relationships are all about. That's what reputation is all about. And it's funny, no one's ever asked me that question, but I think that you know that would be one way I would point back to say I learned that at Mary Kay, <laughs> from Mary Kay. By the way, my favorite thing is when people say no one's ever asked me that question before. No that one's means, ever asked me that. Yeah, that means it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, they have a powerful system. So we'll, we'll get back to the branding in a second. So you went on to business school, you got your MBA straight after undergrad. You know, was your first job your own company or did you have a job before you got straight into that? No, so I I started in sales. Like, I, I mean, I worked at 
sunglass hut when I was in high school and, you know, I would drag baseball fields and umpire softball games on the weekend. And then I would work at sunglass hut on the nights after school. So you're a hustler. Yeah. Yeah. I was always, I just didn't want to be broke. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I think the thing was, I never grew up around a lot of money. So if I wanted Air Jordans, I got Air Jordash. And so if I wanted Air Jordans, I had to pay for it. And and yeah. so I, my car, I wanted a car was my big thing, of course, like so many of us. And I ended up saving enough money to get a, a 1989 Chrysler Caravan with simulated wood paneling down the sides. Nice. And I got all the ladies. I got all the ladies <laughs> who, who were over 65. And, you know, that was like my... That was my thing. But really where I cut my teeth was when I was in college, I got recruited for a direct sales company and I went door to door for five summers working 14 hours a day, six days a week on straight commission, paying all of my own expenses. And then I recruited people. You know, That was the first year. And then I recruited people. I had a, uh, about 60 people in my organization. Was By this the time Cutco I, or no? It was not Cutco. No. Okay. You, you know, so many of the Cutco Mafia people, I thought you might have been in that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been around direct sales, you know, and, and since you were a little, little, little kid, apparently that's where literally. Yeah. And then and then I left that world to become a speaker. And and a large number of the speaking audiences that I've been in front of over the years have been direct sales. And so anyways, I did that in college. Then in 2006, my wife and I and a couple other partners started our last company, which did one on one sales coaching to salespeople. So we taught yeah. salespeople how to sell. We grew that company to eight figures. It was about 200 people. We sold that in 2018. And so that business, it really had like several companies wrapped up inside of it, several different PLs that we had started. So, I mean, it's always been entrepreneurial, but technically even that last company, we didn't solely own the company. We had partners, we had in, you know, the equivalent of what would be investors. So technically speaking, Brand Builders Group is our first true, like 100% solely owned, no investors, no partners. We've only been technically up and running only about two years. And we've got about 40 people on our team here now. So we're, we're growing quickly. But I would say entrepreneurial, intrapreneurial my whole life. So you, you mentioned this, but you you know you became a big speaker. I'm curious when you started speaking, who was the speaker that you wanted to emulate in your career? So when I started speaking, you know, I was 22 years old, and I was leaving the direct sales world and just got my MBA, right? And I I graduated with my MBA and my undergrad on the same day, so I I was very young. Yeah, and. My problem was credibility, though. It's like, who's going to like... I was just like going to ask, what, what is it that you were, were you speaking to people on? And they were all older than you, probably. They were yeah. all older. <laughs> and well, I mean, it was sales. It was sales yeah. motivation, which Got you know, it. I did have a lot of that story because most salespeople that had been in sales for 40 years wouldn't knock on doors. Like, they yeah. didn't have the courage to do that. So we... But anyways, there was this contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking. And I was like, Dude, this is my ticket right here. Like, if I could somehow win the yeah. world championship of public speaking, that would give me the credibility to like, well, so what happened was there's 25,000 contestants who enter from 90 different countries and you go through all the levels. And I, I mean, I studied tremendously. I was, you know, taking classes, I was investing in courses, I was reading books, I was speaking a, a whole bunch. And I made it to the world championship, which is the top 10 in the world. Wow. 
and I lost. But then the next year I went back. So this is 2007. I went all the way back again, made it to the world championship. And then that was the year that I, well, I lost again, actually, but I lost <laughs> higher. I was the, the world champion of public speaking first runner up. So that's got to get you some gigs. Well, it got no gigs, but <laughs> here's what happened. I was at a National Speakers Association meeting shortly after. I'm sitting in the cafeteria and this older gentleman walks up to me and he says, you're Rory Vaden, right? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, you're the Toastmaster kid that did the world championship. I said, yes, sir, I am. And I, I said, I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are. And he says, my name is Zig Ziglar. Yeah. And Zig Ziglar sat down next to me that day. We talked for two hours. His wife was there. The redhead, Jean is her name. And we became friends and he became my personal mentor for about five years. Wow. I got to travel with him and I would be backstage at like the big get motivated events. And I went to his office, went to his house, met his son and his daughter, like their whole family. So I had a lot of mentors that I, there were a lot of speakers, but Zig was really the one I was aspiring most to be like just because of his impact. But, you know, I, Eric Chester, Dave Averin, Mark Sanborn. I mean, there's there's a whole list of speakers that coached me and helped me. But Zig was kind of like who I was aspiring to be. That that's a good one to start. So, what from your own experience and his, how, how, what did you learn is the best way to start a speech from Zig's or, or or from watching him or in your own experience? Did did you do you think there's just a definitive best way to start a speech? I think there is a definitive best way to not start a speech, which is <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. My name is? My name is. There are several great ways you can start a speech. You can start a speech with a story. You can start it with a statistic. You can start it with a provocative quote or statement. You can start it with a gesture, which is really fun. I started my world championship speech in 2007 with my back to the audience. And that was how I opened the speech, which was like the biggest no-no you never, ever, ever, ever do in Toastmasters is turn your back to the audience. And so I started with my back to the audience. There's lots of ways. I mean, stories are some of the best ways. You can start with a joke. I mean, there's so many ways that you can start a speech, but don't start Just with... Just not, not like, hello, hey, thank you for having yeah. me. Is this thing working? Can you can y'all hear me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We need to do that. Look, you can tell if people can hear you. In the online world, you need to make sure, uh, speaking, that, that they can hear you. Go on for an hour before someone tells you. So then you wrote your first book, Take the Stairs. How, before we get into the specifics, how, how did you come up? Well, like, Where did you come up with the idea for the concept? And why did you decide to write it? All right. So I knew that my personal brand, like the message that you know God put on my heart from the time I was young was about self-discipline at least at an early age, this was the genesis of my personal brand was to teach people the psychology of how to get themselves to do things they knew they should do, but that they didn't feel like doing, which tied into my door-to-door -door experience. It tied into my academic track record. It tied into that I studied martial arts when I was a kid. I was a black belt um, by age 10 and was the youngest black belt actually in Colorado to ever get beaten up by a girl when I was 10, 10 years old. And so was that, was that in a competition or not in, in a, a competition? In okay. a competition. Yes. <laughs> like publicly uh, humiliated, just like destroyed. But 
one day I was actually in the airport with a, a few friends and we were coming, we were actually coming back from an incentive trip and I got on the escalator and one of my buddies knew I had been speaking like on the side to like high schools. And in those days I was speaking in high school gymnasiums to kids about discipline. And he's like, Oh, Mr. Discipline can't even take the stairs. Uh. And after I smacked him, I realized take the stairs. Like I was actually recounting that story with another friend of mine later, one of my mentors. And he was like, that's it. Take the stairs. Like, that is the metaphor for doing things you know you should be doing even when you don't feel like doing them. You've seen the stock photo, right? That exists. I think it's a Bally's gym where like everyone's going into the gym and they're all taking the escalator and not the stairs. It's, a, yep. it's just a great photo. Yep. That's a great, <laughs> and that we naturally gravitate towards the path of least resistance and what we don't realize. And so, so take the stairs as these, the seven, psychological misunderstandings that people have about self-discipline. And, you know, as you go through that work, you realize that actually self-discipline is much easier than we all think once we know how to think about it the right way. And, you know, one example is called the paradox principle. The pain paradox, right? The pain paradox. Yeah. So easy short-term choices lead to difficult long-term consequences. Meanwhile, difficult short-term choices lead to easy long-term consequences. When you understand consciously that procrastination and indulgence are really nothing more than creditors that charge you interest, once you make that conscious calculation, it actually enables you to choose a different set of behaviors every day, which there, thereby you know, ultimately creates different habits and different results. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. 
That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, I, you, you, it was impossible for you to say that with the first thing that popped into my mind was like the last 12 months <laughs> and COVID and thinking about decisions where people, again, delaying some gratification versus knowing that what they're doing is likely to have a bad outcome. I mean, I just, I think that explains a lot of how we've gotten, at least in the US, ourselves into trouble with this around, you know, not willing to take a little bit of pain for some some bigger pain. Totally. I mean, it, it applies to... It applies to everything. I mean, it applies to debt. It applies to what we eat. It applies to exercise. It applies to relationships. It applies to our communication, right? Indulgence is the enemy here. Like indulging in the natural human design. And here's what's fascinating, right? Is it's not, people say, well, why is, if that's the natural design, then why is it bad? And the reason is because humans are not designed for success, Humans are designed for survival. Yeah. And most of us have the luxury of living in a world where we're not fearing for our lives every single day. So, so we it's have easier the, to run from the current thing than to throw yourself towards it. Yeah. Every when you look at survival, okay, survival is about conservation of energy. It's about reducing energy expenditure. Like if you were stranded, your brain would move into a mode of energy conservation to literally preserve itself. How do I stay alive? How yeah. can I minimize the expense of you know, unnecessary things? But when you look at success, it's the exact opposite. It is getting outside your comfort zone, learning things that are new, doing things that are difficult, meeting people that you, know, you feel intimidated by. Like Everything about being an entrepreneur and success, and, and, and this applies to the work that we do today, helping people build and monetize their personal brand, is... The things that are natural are wrong. The things that we gravitate to without intentional thinking are wrong. They are the things that cause us to stay stuck. Do you have an example, like one or two examples of that? Totally. So yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a great example, right? So there's a, there's a thing that we talk about today with, with personal brands. This concept is called Sheehan's Wall. And we named it after a colleague of ours, Peter Sheehan, who we credit as the original inspiration for this idea, which you know we've adapted. But the way that you think about this is that in any industry, there is basically two groups of people. There are the unknown, and then there are those that are known, right? They're like the celebrities or the industry rock stars or the influential people. And generally speaking, everyone is trying to move from the unknown to the known. And in between these two groups is a a huge invisible wall, which we call Sheehan's wall. Well, left to our own design, when someone tries to build a personal brand, because a human is complex, we have a complex set of emotions, we have a lot of different interests, we have a lot of different passions and backgrounds. And so what we do is like we would launch on social media or a website or whatever, and we talk about all these different things. And so it's like, oh, well, I, yeah, I love talking about money and I love talking about fitness and I love talking about spirituality and I love talking about relationships. And I love talking about leadership and, you know, and I'll show pictures of my kids and my vacation and yada, 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 and all these different things. And then we learn constantly about these new platforms like, oh man, like, oh, I got to be on TikTok and I'm going to be on yeah. Snapchat and now I got to be on Clubhouse and oh, gosh, I should be on YouTube and I need to launch a podcast. And so we're, we're diluting our energy across all of these platforms. And then we have, we hear different business models like, 
oh, I should be a speaker. Like, oh, that's amazing. Or actually recurring revenue of a membership site is where it's at. No, video courses are like totally high margin, but but masterminds are like where you get the big dollars and it's like, and one-on-one coaching is like even more big dollars. But, and so we dilute our business model. And, and so we have too many different messages to too many different audiences on too many different platforms with too many different monetization streams and what we don't realize is that when you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. Yeah. And you could have swapped in, you know, I know you're talking about people, personal brand, but a company makes, I think companies make exact same mistakes as that. Like totally. if you're a company, you will probably get one or two social media channels well. And doing one eighth of eight is going to always give you a worse result than owning and mastering one of them that seems to work for you. And so here's how you break through the wall, like, or this is our hypothesis, right? Is you break through the wall by becoming known for one thing. You become the expert on one thing. You dominate one platform. You have one business model, right? Here's another example. People always talk about multiple streams of income. Stupid, horrible advice. You do not need multiple streams of income. What you need is one really freaking good stream of income. Which then breaks into multiple if it's so good, Exactly. Right? So what happens is you break through the wall by focus. In fact, it take the stairs. One of the principles is called the magnification principle of focus, that focus is power. You break through the wall with focus. And, and virtually every person that's ever been rich, the majority of their early income came from succeeding at one thing, right? Yeah. Like Jeff Bezos is Amazon, like Elon Musk was PayPal. And if you're really good at one thing, then people will come and partner with you on others or use your brand. And then, yeah, after, after, after you break through the wall. So once you break through the wall, you can expand into all sorts of stuff. You know, Tony Robbins can talk about all sorts of different things. Oprah can do all sorts of different things. Like Elon Musk can do all sorts of things because of who they are. But that's not how you break through the wall. And people say Gary Vaynerchuk, they say, well, Rory, what about Gary Vaynerchuk? He talks about everything. He does talk about everything. He invests in all sorts of weird stuff. Like guys talking about homeboys talking about baseball cards and yeah. sports and, <laughs> and social media in yeah. the Jets. But in the beginning, in the beginning, Gary Vaynerchuk talked about one thing on one platform. Does anybody remember what it was? Wine. Marketing. Oh, no. right. Wine. Yeah. Wine. Yeah. He talked about wine on YouTube winelibrary.tv is how Gary Vaynerchuk became Gary Vaynerchuk. He broke through the wall by becoming known for that one thing. And then now he expands into all sorts of stuff. Similar with money, right? Like you don't get rich by having multiple streams of income. You get rich by one awesome stream of income. And then once you're through that, you convert and you do, you you take that income and you invest it in lots of other places. And so- people get confused because they they try to emulate someone who's a celebrity because that's who they see. But they, instead of emulating how they got there, they try to emulate where they're at today. And it's like, it just doesn't, it's not how it works. So you need to become known for one thing. Disciplined results comes from disciplined focus. The more you can be clearly known for this one thing, that's going to exponentially increase the odds that you'll break through the wall. So two audiences, an entrepreneur or sort of an up and coming leader within an organization. Why, why do they need a personal brand today? And how does it look? What, what would be the same or different about it for those two profiles? 
Great question. I don't get asked this question. Dang, really I'm going I'm I'm to start keeping score on those. Yeah. Okay. Here's why it matters to both of us. Whether I work in a company, okay, and I'm trying to become like a rising star, or I'm trying to get promoted or whatever, or I'm an entrepreneur, or I'm a, let's say, influencer, right? And we work with all three at Brand Builders Group. What we do not work with is companies. We don't do branding for companies. It's right. not that our stuff wouldn't apply. Because you focus. <laughs> we focus. We only work with faces. We yeah. work with an individual person. But here's why it matters to all of us. Because even though personal branding is a new term, it is just the digitization of reputation. Reputation is something we all inherently understand and go, well, reputation matters no matter what you are, whether you're right. a parent or an investor or an owner or an employee. You just or, didn't have a place to put it in the, in the old days, unless you were on TV or whatever, you weren't, you didn't have one. Exactly. So that is why it matters to all of us. Now, here's what is different for all. Let's I'll call these three different groups. And yeah. we work with all three, although I will say our core audience is more of like influencers, right? Like, we have celebrity, like personal brands, Lewis Howes, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. I mean, and beginners. I mean, those are more of some of the more advanced. Yeah. But an influencer monetizes their personal brand through one of five vehicles, which we can talk about. But it's basically their own product. They're going to create their own IP or their own product. There's five ways to monetize a personal brand, which we could talk about if you want. Entrepreneurs, though, are different. Entrepreneurs monetize their personal brand through leveraging their personal brand to grow their company. Right. So you don't have to become an author or a course creator or a have ads on your podcast to have a personal brand. You can just be Richard Branson and just drive people to your awareness to your company. And you're not going to get the short-term income of like a course or you know selling supplements or whatever, but you're going to get the equity value out of it by creating more awareness for your company and for your enterprise. Now, that is for an entrepreneur. Now, the way that a corporate person monetizes their personal brand is primarily through raises and promotions hmm. and then potentially, you know, equity stakes or new job. <laughs> new job, right? So you you take up either a inside the company you climb or you move to the other, but in all cases whether you're a you're a dentist or you're an information marketer or you are a financial advisor or you're a direct salesperson or you're a, a corporate person, reputation precedes revenue. Reputation precedes revenue in all cases. It's not that we have a revenue problem so much as we have a reputation problem. And here's what reputation is. So we have something that we call the reputation formula, which is reputation is results times reach equals reputation. Results times reach equals reputation. So results is like your actual substance, your yeah. expertise, your the value of your company or your product or what you do. But a lot of us undervalue reach. And now people are starting to wake up to it because of social media going, I've been making fun of social media for 10 years now going, oh, right. crap, like I freaking missed the boat. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. 
I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. Someone once told me success is what you know raised to the who you know, and that's a similar, I like a similar that. sort of formula. Yeah, and, and actually inherent in this, I was going to ask you is the person who has a so-so results but a ton of reach versus the person who has amazing results and no reach, who's better off? Let me respond to your question with a question. Do you know who Michael Phelps is? Yes. Who is he? Swimmer. Gold-winning swimmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, winningest gold medal Olympian of yeah. all time, a swimmer from the U.S. Do you know who Jenny Thompson is? Also a swimmer, right? Wow, I can't believe you knew that. Like, I almost, think she's from New Hampshire, so I think that's why I've heard she's from well, New Hampshire. Yeah, almost nobody knows who Jenny. I'm so blown yeah. away. Like, you're the only person that's <laughs> ever gotten that right. All right, two questions you've never been asked. Trivia, yes, is good. Yeah. But, okay, so most of you listening probably did not know who Jenny Thompson is, but she is, not only is she a swimmer, though, she is the winningest female gold medal Olympian of all time. She also is a swimmer. She also is from the U.S. They have very, very comparable results on a worldwide scale, but their reach, for whatever reason, neither of them are clients, but their reach is tremendously different. And thus their revenue is tremendously different. Their reputation is tremendously different because results times reach equals reputation and reputation precedes revenue. I I guess you would need to complete that analogy. You need to give me the name of a very average swimmer who has a great reputation, right? Uh, Well, (laughs) give me 10 minutes and I could find some. I bet I could find some. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, well compare it with this. Okay. Like, um, oh, what's her face? Kardashian, the young one. There's so many. Yeah, I know. But um, anyways, Kylie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kylie Jenner. So Kylie Jenner has worldwide reach, but not a lot of, let's just say, life experience. Yeah. And turns out she wasn't a billionaire that ended up getting retracted, but she did get on the cover of Forbes for the youngest self-made billionaire, which I think later was retracted. I don't really know. But anyways, but needless to say, girl's done really well for herself. Like, (laughs) She's actually turned her reach into revenue. Now, a lot of people get frustrated by that, right? We go, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, she's just a celebrity for being a celebrity or whatever. Like, But the fact of the matter is, most business owners go through their whole life being the world's best kept secret. Yeah, You don't want to be the world's best kept secret. Like, yeah. That's the worst thing ever. I'm not saying you should be average. I'm not saying you should put together crap. I'm not saying you should slap together a product and throw it out there. What I am saying, though, very clearly is that whether you like it or not, and I will raise my hand and actually say, I don't like this. I hate that the world operates this way, but this is irrefutable truth. Yeah, Reach matters. Reach matters tremendously. If I don't know about you, I can't buy from you. Whether you're, you're a nonprofit 
or you're a company. I've had this discussion ever. People say, oh, you know, this company or this solution is amazing. And I was like, no one knows about it. If no one knows about this product that this company has, the, the company that with that product everyone knows about, like, is going to dominate them. Totally. And, and here's the thing, right? Like, so Brand Builders Group is one curriculum that we divide into four phases. And each yeah. phase has, has three courses. In phase three, one of our courses is called Bestseller Launch Plan. And it is just about the business of books. Okay. So we talk about, you know, speaking and podcasting and funnels and digital, you know, paid traffic and, you know, everything that relates to a personal brand. But there's this one section where we deep dive on books. And one of my favorite stories is from Robert Kiyosaki. After he wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he was having this conversation with like, you know, this editor of a, you know, some major newspaper. And she said, you know, I just don't think your book is that well written. Like, I, I know that you sell a lot of them and I just don't think it's that well written. And Kiyosaki delivers the best line. He says, well, that's okay because it's not called New York Times best writing author. <laughs> yeah. It's New York Times best selling author. And this is true. That is what it's called. That is how it's measured, by the way. Like, right. And if you want to talk about the value, right, that was created, like clearly people are ascribing more value to that than perfect writing. Marginal value times a whole bunch of people creates more worldwide impact than I'm the best painter in the world and nobody ever sees my art. Yeah. And this is why artists struggle because artists, here's what the indulgence of the artist is. My art is so good, you should have to find it. Eh, wrong. Like that is a recipe for brokenness. Well, the truth is, marketing is art. Marketing is art, just like product development is art, right? That's the results. That's the, the integrity of the work, of the, of the product, of the service, of the company, of the book, of the course, of the whatever. But then reach is the other part of it. That is marketing. That is art. It is yeah. reaching more people. So we are aspiring in my personal brand and the, those of our clients, we aspire to do both, right? I want to have the TED Talk that forwards the thinking that has been done, that is something unique that someone else has not said. And I need to have Oprah-like reach, yeah. right? Now, in almost every sense, we fail in both counts, but we're you're pursuing both of them. And when it comes to money, honestly, it's almost like reach seems to matter more. In 2017, entrepreneur John Rampton was frustrated with the available calendar tools, which led him to create calendar.com. Calendar.com allows all of your different calendars to come together in one place. It also has some great features that solve many of the common frustration of team calendars. Smart links with notifications ensure you never need to worry about double booking or no-shows. The find a time feature compares everyone's schedules at once, finding the optimum time to meet, no more emailing back and forth trying to find out when everyone is free. And you also get analytics that will give you reports that show how you and your team are spending your time, allowing you to be more efficient. If you're looking to make yourself or your team more efficient this year, head over to calendar.com now to start your 30-day free trial and see the difference for yourself. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R.com. So, so I'd be remiss. I want to get this one story out of you. I, I know that in writing your own books, you learn you learn some pretty cool things about titling a book. Uh, you know, you had your bestseller take the mm. stairs, then you had a follow up book, and realized I think maybe after that, what made a good title. So, I, I it's been, that's been a super impactful thing. Will you, will you share that at a high level? 
Yeah, look at you. So this, so let me just to give you some context here. So this comes out of, I mentioned our four phases. Yeah. So in phase one, course one, we have something, uh, it's called finding your brand DNA. And we talk about finding your uniqueness, which comes from one of the best quotes I've ever heard on personal branding came from a guy named Larry Wiging it, where he said, the goal is to find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. And so what we do is when we work with a personal brand, we are trying to bottle up their uniqueness. And one of the things we have to teach them is to separate the truth from the title, right? The truth is like what actually works, what changes lives. That is the candy bar itself, but there's a whole different set of strategies around the wrapper of the candy bar of which the title matters tremendously. Again, whether or not we like it, the wrapper of the candy bar sells as many candy bars as the candy bar itself. Yeah. So when you work with personal brands, it's all about titles. And we have the five title tests, which I'll nail at least one of these here for you. So what happened was in 2015, this was by accident. We learned this by accident. This is the the most expensive marketing mistake I have ever made in my life. Well, that's the usually that's the last question I ask everyone. So you'll, then you're you're answering this already, so you're ahead of the game. Okay, so so here's what happened in 2015. My second book, Procrastinate on Purpose, my second published, traditionally published book, uh, was coming out, and it was called Procrastinate on Purpose: Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. Like we teach people to do, we had a whole launch strategy and you know all of these things that were planned out like years in advance leading up to this like launch. One of those things was to have a TED talk come out at the same time, right? Because the thought was like, man, yeah. if we could have a, a viral TED talk hit at the same time the book comes out, it'll carry together just like Simon Sinek did and just like Brene Brown did and just like you know so many of these other people have done. And here's what's fascinating: it worked, but it didn't work. The TED Talk did go viral, but the book sells like crap. <laughs> the book, and the book is incredible. Like it is life changing. Like, but here's what happened: when they asked us for the title of the TED Talk, we were like, "Well, we don't have time. There's not like a whole book cover to explain it. So it's like we just got to get to the point." So we called the title of the TED Talk "How to Multiply Time." But we called the book, which I thought was genius. I convinced everybody. I was like, procrastinate on purpose. That's genius. Nobody's <laughs> ever heard that. It's so counterculture. People will be like, whoa, what is that? What is he talking about? And I was like, I just, I mean, I was like, this is the best title ever. And it turns out that I was badly mistaken. And the technique that we have learned here, what we have, what we have moved this to. Well, let me, let me tell you what the lesson is, okay? So here's the lesson, first of all. Clear is greater than clever. Yeah. Clear is greater than clever. I was super clever. People do, when they hear procrastinating on purpose, they do go, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. And then they move on. Except when they're walking by the bookstore aisle, then they really just move on. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, yeah. I, don't know what that, I don't know what that is. But when you hear multiply your time, Everyone's like, I got to have that. The one thing we all need is more time. Yeah. So we then, that set us on a journey. Uh, when we started Brand Builders Group, we started analyzing titles and we we're looking at TED titles and book titles. And 
uh, now we're starting to track the, with the bestseller list, which is, I mean, like a year from now, we're going to have the data like all, for all this stuff. But anyways, there's seven title tests that we came up with. But the most important of all the title tests is what we call the I want blank test. Yeah, that's The right. I want blank test. And all you have to do is so simple. Like it's so simple. All you have to do is take your title and drop it in to complete that sentence. I want blank. If the title completes that sentence, then you have a exponentially higher statistically valid likelihood of that title winning. If your title when dropped into that sentence does not make sense, it is not something that they want, or they just don't understand it, then you have an exponentially higher likelihood of that title failing. I want to multiply time. Hell yes. I want to procrastinate on purpose. Uh, I I do not. not. Sure. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. And so you know, you run these. You run this title test. I want good to great. Yes. I want to win friends and influence people. Yes. That's probably one of the best of all time. Now that I think, and you said the four hour work week. Everyone wants the four the hour best work of all time is the four hour work week. Yeah. Because not only does it score a hundred on the I want blank test, it scores virtually a hundred on the other six tests as well. And it, you know, I think it, it is and will be the greatest title that we see in our generation. There, there is one other title that competes fairly closely with it. It is purpose driven life by Rick Warren, which is, uh, I believe has sold 20 plus million copies Anyway, so there's lots of title tests and there's, you know, we're, we're going to be learning more and more now, now that our team is growing at Brand Builders Group and we're bringing on more and more staff, like we're, we're data crunchers too. So we're like constantly analyzing all this stuff. But the I want blank test is the simplest and it's the most painful, most expensive. And I, and I believe in my heart, when people read Procrastinate on Purpose, especially entrepreneurs, they literally like, this is one of the best books I've ever read. Like one of the top five Take the Stairs is great. Take the Stairs sells way more. And it is, I mean, I'm not dogging on Take the Stairs. It, it is a motivational kick in the pants. Yeah. But I would describe that book as the fundamentals and the timeless principles of the world's most successful people. Procrastinate on purpose is you've never heard this before. And this is what the top one percenters do. This is how they think that is different from everybody else. If we would have called the book Multiply Your Time, I mean, I think my life would be different. You wouldn't be talking to me. So Maybe we'll take we it. I wouldn't be able to even book <laughs> you. So, uh, Roy, where, where can people learn more about you and your work? Well, so here's what I would do. I would encourage you to go to freebrandcall.com slash Robert Glazer. Freebrandcall.com slash Robert Glazer because we do one-on-one coaching for personal brands. We don't sell video courses. We don't do membership site. Like We do old-fashioned one-on-one work with people to help them establish their personal brand. And we do the first call for free. So if you go there, and and it doesn't matter whether you're a corporate executive or you're an entrepreneur, or you're more of like an influencer or like a coach or author or something, we work with all of them. Uh, So yeah, just go freebrandcall.com slash Robert Glazer and we'll talk to you and, and, you know, get connected from there. All right, Roy. Thanks for uh, chatting today. I, every time I talk to you, I learn I learn a few new good tips. So uh, we'll we'll have to do it again. 
Well, buddy, I, I appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, just for, for everybody, one of my favorite quotes, this is probably my most famous quote is from my first Take the Stairs book. It's called The Rent Axiom. And it says, success is never owned. Success is only rented. And the rent is due every day. <laughs> so thanks for having me, brother. And uh, I'll catch you around. All right. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Elevate podcast today. We'll include links to Rory and his work and his books on the detailed episode page at robertglazer.com. If you enjoyed today's episode with Rory, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on whatever uh, podcast uh, service you use. Thank you again for your support. Till next time, keep elevating. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.